Good morning. I hope that you put on your garment of praise this morning that Pastor taught us about last week. Let's give him worship. Let's give him praise and give glory to him today. Oh 
God, you are good. You are awesome. There's no one like you, God. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. You know, in, in the time that our Savior was born, I know all of you have heard this over and over your whole lives, and I'm sure a lot of you even have it memorized, but in Luke 2, the shepherds were out living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And you will find the babe, this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. I can't think of a bigger time in, in the Bible where there was worship than Christmas, right? I think sometimes Christmas time comes and we think we're going to come to church and we're just going to stand here and we're going to do our thing and we're not going to give him the praise and glory that we're, that's due because we have so much on our minds and we think we need to get into this traditional uh, mindset and I think that God just wants us to give him glory and he just wants us to give him praise. He just wants our adoration. He just wants our worship. So if we can put everything else on the back burner right now, everything else, and if we can focus in on our Savior, and we can look to him and worship and give him glory and give him praise. I think, Lord Jesus, what a Christmas. What a Christmas to be connected to you, to be connected to your Holy Spirit. Just worship with us.
today. Come on, can you lift your voice? Lift your voice in honor to, to him. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your will and way in this place today. God, we soften our hearts today, Lord. Let your spirit, Lord, begin to soften our hearts today. The invitation was in the song. It said, oh, come, let us adore him. Those are not just lyrics that we sing, but that is an invitation to you and to me today to stand here with holy hands lifted and say, oh, come, let us adore him. Come on, do you believe he's worthy today? Do you believe he's worthy today? Can we sing that again? Can we sing that again? Come on, church, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. COVID-related, just don't hit the panic button, okay? That's not all COVID-related. But uh, I want to, if you have a need or know someone that has a need, maybe you're looking around, you see someone that's not here, and you know that they have a need, I want you to do something today. If, if, if you have a need today, lift up your hand. Just, just We're not going to call you out. We're not going to ask you what that, thank you. Thank you. There's, need, there's hands going up all over the place in this building. I have a need. I, I have a need today. Uh, my good friend, Bishop Helton, which has been with us, and I, I haven't got to know him too close, but, I, but since I've been here, he has just been a strong help to me. This week was, was taken to the hospital, was COVID-related, is in the hospital. I actually talked to him this morning via text, and he needs our prayers this morning. He needs a miracle this morning. And I know that there are people in our congregation who need a miracle today. 
And so will you just believe with me today as, as corporate, as, as a corporate congregation today, can we pray together in agreement? Can we come together in one mind and one accord and ask God to move on behalf of, of people that are sick, that people that have needs, that people that are struggling right now with depression? Can we just ask the Lord to come down and move on our behalf today? Is that okay? Let's do this. Come on. I, I want you to stretch your hands towards heaven. You say, TJ, you tell us to stretch our hands towards heaven a lot. You know what? I'm sorry. It's just what I do, okay? Just stretch them towards heaven. Lord God, we come before you today. Lord, there are many needs in the house. God, there are many sick. And God, I pray right now, God, for your presence. God, your Holy Spirit to touch the very place, God, where those who are sick in body are right now. God, may the blood of Jesus Christ move, God, on their behalf. God, I pray for healing. Lord, you took stripes on your back for our healing. So, Lord, we declare today that healing virtue would flow in each and every situation. God, in, in homes right now, God, that healing virtue would begin to flow. God, in hospital rooms right now, that healing virtue would begin to flow. We come against the, the name of sickness. By the mighty name of Jesus, we declare healing. Healing in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for those, Lord, that may be dealing with something God, maybe it's not a physical need, but God, maybe it's a mental need today. God, I pray for peace, God, for clarity of the mind right now. In the name of Jesus, we come against depression. God, we come against oppression. And we say, devil, get back. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we declare today, God, Lord, those who are struggling, God, maybe maybe they're just struggling right now, God, with their finances, different scenarios and situations. God, you are a God who loves us. You are a God who cares about us. God, I pray, Lord, that you, you are the God of a cattle of a thousand hills. So, Lord, you can meet any need at any moment. So, God, I pray for those needs right now. If you have a need today, come on, just reach up and just ask the Lord to meet that need today. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is what I want to do. I want to sing this just one more time. But listen, we're going to sing this as a declaration. We're going to sing it as a declaration of praise because we're going to believe that God has already given the answers for each and every one of these needs that were, that were mentioned today. Each and every hand that was raised today, God has already ha has the answer. Do you believe that today? Come on, can we sing it as a declaration today? Come on, sing it out. We'll praise his name forever. Come on, sing it out. We'll praise your name forever. We'll praise your name forever. Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus one more hand clap of praise. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, you can do better than that today. He's worthy. 
He's worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, if you can, give your neighbor nearby a fist bump. Don't go out of your way to give them a fist bump, but if they're right next to you, give them a fist bump. And tell them it's good to see them in the house of the Lord. Maybe give someone across the room an air high five. Let them know that you love them today. Amen. Come on, let's give the worship team a hand, a hand clap. You guys just crushed it today. Good job today. They do an awesome job. You may be seated today. It's so good to see you today. How many are having a great day? All right. You know what I love about the house of the Lord is, you know, you could have been anywhere today, but you chose to be in the house of the Lord. David said it like this, I would rather be a doorkeeper in my father's house. And so you're here today, and I'm going to tell you that God has great plans for you. Did you come expecting something from the Lord today? Did you come bringing God something today? Amen. It may not be the greatest gift, but, you know, we talked about that last week, how the wise men brought gifts to God. We, we touched on that just a little bit, but you never come to a king empty-handed. And so did you bring something today? Sometimes that gift may not be the best gift. It may be just your brokenness. But let me tell you what, God gives us so much. He says he gives us beauty for our ashes. Amen. And then it, it, that verse goes on to further to say, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And that's something that you have to choose to do. And I want to encourage you as a church each and every day to put on the garment of praise. Amen. It's so good to see you today. If you are a guest with us, I want to say uh, welcome to you today. We are so glad that you are with us. Uh, there are quite a few people that are not here today. And I want to say thank you if you're feeling sick and you stayed home today. Amen. <laughs> and uh, you did the right thing today. And as, we, as we're navigating this season, uh, I just want to encourage you to use caution. And uh, just uh, it's almost, it is better to be safe than sorry at, 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 these, at these moments. And if you're feeling a slightly bit ill, just stay home. Watch the service online. We'll pray for you, all right? And we'll pray that, that you get back and uh, feeling, feeling full full uh, uh, force again. So, uh, but if you're a guest with us today, I, I just want to say a welcome today. Uh, home folks, can we give all of our guests a welcome today, a hand clap of welcome. I tell you what, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place today. I, I am so excited about what God is doing. We've got a busy week. It seems like uh, even with COVID, We've had some, we had to transition a few things. Next week, we were planning on doing a, a kids program, and we opted not to do that just uh, for some various, various reasons. So next week, we are going to have service, and we're going to bring all the kids in here next week, just a, a little uh, public service announcement next week. Uh, but I've got something special planned next week, and uh, I'm going to incorporate some of your kids. So you might want to just show up. You don't want to miss it, I promise, okay? And so we're going to do something special next week. Uh, I just want to let you know, I think in the bulletin it, it says that, that we're going to be having a program next week. That is not the case, okay, just so you know, uh, so you can uh, note that. Uh, but we still would love to see your, your face if you're healthy and able to come. Amen, amen. And uh, uh, you guys look good today. Everyone smile at me real big. Some of you need to work on your smile. Smile, smile at your neighbor. Look at him and say, you're the best looking thing I have seen all day long. 
Amen. It is, it is so good to be here in, uh, in the house of the Lord. Uh, you know, I've been in this vein of worship, and it just seems like that the Lord won't let me let me kind of move out of this vein. I, I, I wanted to do something. Well, I, I'm going to be speaking a, a, a little bit of a Christmas story today. Um, but, uh, but the Lord has been just really kept me in this vein of worship. And I believe, I believe what Micah said today was, was so profound that w- one of the greatest times of worship was uh, in Luke chapter 2 when, when the, uh, uh, all the host of angels are there and they're worshiping with, with the shepherds when they're there with the shepherds. And, and they're, they're, they're crying, you know, glory to God in the highest. And they're talking, you know, about, and they're giving glory to God. What a great moment that is. What a beautiful moment that is. And, and in this time of, of, you know, we get in liturgy of, 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 of how we do things, tradition. There's another easier word to understand. A, a tradition of how we do things around Christmas time. And sometimes we get in the, in the rut of tradition. But can I tell you, if you're worshiping God, you'll never get in a rut. I, I, I promise you, if you are truly worshiping God, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you, and you'll never feel like you're ever in a rut because you won't be in a rut. Because that's not how the Holy Spirit operates. He moves, and he's constantly moving. And so uh, I just want to encourage you in this season to worship the Lord. And I know we've got a lot to do. I, 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 I went out yesterday uh, with Novak because he wanted to buy some gifts with his money. I asked him how much money he had. He had $2, and he was going to buy all the rest of our people in our family, all four of us, gifts for $2. And I said, hey, buddy, let me help you out a little bit, and we'll go buy some gifts, and that will help you out a little bit. So we ventured out yesterday, and uh, we went around town, and, uh, man, there was just a lot of people. Man, there was a lot of people. And, uh, you know, we masked up. We, we did what we were supposed to. We went around and, uh, you know, and he doesn't understand the concept of money. So when he sees something that, something that somebody wants, he'll just grab it. I'm like, hey, man, that's like a $75 jacket. That's not coming from you, buddy, okay, just so you know. And so uh, it was, we had quite, quite a lot of fun yesterday uh, doing that. At least I did. And so it was a blast. We did that. I want to talk to you guys today. I, I'm going to be talking on this subject of going home another way. Everyone say going home another way. All right. Uh, anybody ever get bored of when you go home, going home the exact same way over and over and over? Am I the only one that has? Yeah, thank you. Am I, am I the only one that does that? Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, man, I, my head, my mind moves really fast. As you could tell, I could be talking at a point right here and then jump to something really fast. But like, you know, when I go home and it's routine and it's the same old, same old, you know, sometimes I got to just break it up. You know, I'm learning one thing I do love about, uh, that I love about living here is all the back roads that you could take from here to there, everywhere. The back roads are, are everywhere. And, and I've learned there's about, I don't know, probably 25, 30 different ways that I could get to the church from my house. Some of them good, some of them bad, I've, know, I've learned. Some of them should be horse and buggy roads, and some of them, you know, you really shouldn't have two cars on one road, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I, you know I, I do that. I like, I like taking the back road home sometimes. If, you, if, you're not, if, if you're in a hurry, you don't do that. But, you know, but sometimes if you're just like, hey, you know what, I'm just kind of bored, and uh, maybe you're just trying to not get caught on 37 speeding, so you take a back road. 
All right, that's the real answer right there, isn't it? That's why you took the back roads. Anyways, uh, Drew's watching back there. All right, so anyways, uh, but you know, uh, we, sometimes we take the back. When I was growing up, we, we lived in Missouri, and one year, I remember, uh, I don't remember what year it was, maybe 1991. Man, that was a long time ago. In 1991, it snowed really bad where we lived in Missouri. I just remember it snowed really bad, and the snow wasn't the bad thing. Um, but w the day after it snowed, we got a good amount of snow. The temperature raised enough that it started to melt, and then before it could melt all the way, the temperature dropped down to freezing, and it remained freezing for weeks. And we had about a two or three inch inches of ice on the roads. I remember missing school for two weeks. Now, we lived in a rural area in Missouri, and uh, our school had a, a total of probably 400 kids. I don't know. Uh, it was not a big school. And uh, matter of fact, I had to get up to catch the bus. We were the second person on the bus. I had to get up at 6.15 in the morning to catch the bus, at 6.15 in the morning to make it to school by 8. That's, that's how long I was on the bus every day. I was, I was making an L.A. commute in central rural Missouri. Doesn't even make sense now I think about it. But I remember it, we got iced in, and I remember one day, you, and you guys know this around here, when you get iced in, you get stuck inside, after a few days, you start going stir crazy. There's only, there's only so many times that you can play rummy. There's only so many games that you can play. There's only so much that you can watch on TV. And when you've cooked every baked good that you have, you just run out of things to do, right? And playing in the snow is fun for a little bit till it gets cold or you get wet, right? Or you get out on the ice. And so I remember, uh, Dad, we had, a, we had a little truck, and, and, and Dad said, hey, and my dad was pastoring a church, and he used to do this during, during times like this. He would get in his truck. He had a four-wheel drive, and he would go out, and, and all the people that were shut-ins, he would try to go buy groceries and help them out and give them, if, see if they needed something. You know, just, just awesome things that you should do. And I remember going out, we needed some supplies, and I think we lived 17 miles from, from the town that I went to school in. And, uh, and uh, mom and dad, or dad and my brother and I, we decided to go to town. We were in a single cab truck, and we went to town. We went on the main roads. It was clear enough. We, we did okay. And then, we, so we got some groceries at the little grocery store where we were at. We were on our way um, back or getting ready to leave, and I told dad, I said, dad, I got this great idea. And he's like, what's that? I said, let's take the bus route home. Let's get on the bus route, which went it didn't take the main roads. It went through gravel roads and all kinds of different. I said, Dad, let's just see what the roads are like. And so my dad, being the adventurous type, he's like, okay, let's do it. And so, you know, so we're taking the bus route back, which is already a bad mistake. And, and the, the roads are not clear like they should be. And once we get off of the main roads, we get on gravel roads. I mean, there's still lots of snow. The graders hadn't been down the gravel roads. And we're there, and we get to this this big hill and I remember you we, uh, even on the bus you, we would crest this hill and then you could see a, a large distance and there was a, just a large drop and I remember when we got over the hill in the truck and it, my dad was driving I was in the middle he had a little manual truck and you know so the gear shift was right there and then my brother was on this side and I remember getting starting to go down this hill and, and in the process of going down this hill, it was, it, I don't know, probably like four or five in the afternoon. The sun was starting to set. The temperature was starting to drop. And as we're going down this hill, my dad lost control, and we began to just spin down this hill. Just 
Anybody ever been there? All right, a few of you. All right, good. And, and so we spun, and then we, we ended up facing uphill and, he, like, bumping a little, little fence and, and looking, looking up. And then, you know, we worked it out. We got out of there, and we went back there. But I remember thinking, man, what a terrible idea to take this way home because we almost got stranded out in the middle of rural Missouri, right? And I thought at that point in my life that I would have died out there, but I know we wouldn't have died out there. Um, but, uh, but many of us, oftentimes, we do that. We sometimes get bored of the same thing, same thing, but we, we go home a different way. It's okay, right? Um, and one thing about Jesus, and when we have a relationship with Jesus, when we have that moment with Jesus, when we have a transformation with Jesus, when we have a relationship with Jesus, when we come to know Jesus, we go home a different way than when we came. Amen. And so, uh, in, in the book of Matthew, now, Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story, like to a T. That's Jesus in a manger, baby Jesus in a manger, swaddling clothes, uh, the shepherds, and the angel, and Mary, and Joseph. But in the book of Matthew, the gospel records the story of the wise men, or the, the magi, or as my friend used to call them growing up, the magi, Okay. Uh, the, no, it's the Magi and the kings that came from afar, and, and, and they came from a, a land to worship. And, and here's what we do know about the, these guys. Uh, we, don't, we assume that it's three, three wise men, but the Scripture never actually tells us it's three wise men. Now, the reason that we assume that it's three wise men is because they brought three gifts. So that's a pretty good assumption. But we don't really know that. It could have been 300 we really don't know, uh, but that's okay. I, you're, most of you are going, oh, man, i got to go home and fix my nativity scene. Well, I'm going to wreck it a little bit more in just a minute, okay? And, and uh, we do know that they came from a land most likely from the east, uh, and as most scholars believe, and we do know that they, um, uh, they came from the east of, of Israel and, and Bethlehem, that area, and we do know this about the time frame that this happened. This story is Herod is the ruler, uh, at this time, and he was, uh, we, knew, we know this, most scholars believe that Herod was short in stature. They believe he was just slightly over four foot. I didn't know that. Um, when I was reading this, I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. That would mean be why he was so feisty as a, as a, <laughs> as a ruler, right? He, and so he was known for building homes and palaces, and he had these great feats. But here's what we know about Herod. He was not liked. Matter of fact, uh, you know, he didn't, he tried, he, he had his wife and his sons killed. He just was not liked as a person. And, and, and you know, history tells us that he ordered the killing, uh, the arrest of a hundred men. In his, late into his 70s, he, he ordered the arrest of a hundred men. And the reason that he ordered these men to be arrested was people weren't going to mourn when he died. So when he died, that he would, the order would be that they would die, and then they would mourn over those hundred men that died. What an evil man. Pretty crazy when you think about that. What an evil man. So he was crooked, and, and, and he didn't like to share his power. But in Matthew chapter 2, this is interesting because Matthew chapter 1, anybody ever read Matthew chapter 1? It's good reading. If you need to go to sleep at night, Matthew chapter 1, it is he begat, he begat, he begat, he begat, he begat. It's all the begats, okay? And so it is given the lineage of Jesus, but it's crazy. Matthew chapter 2 goes from the lineage of Jesus to this moment with the wise men. The moment with the wise men. And we're going we're gonna to read this today. Matter of fact, let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your word. 
God, I ask, Lord, that you would just uh, open our hearts today for what you have for us. God, don't let us miss a moment today. God, I pray, Lord, let, let the truth of your word come forth today. God, use me how you see fit today. God, I am your vessel. Lord, in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 12. If, if you got it, say, I got it. All right, good. It says this, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them. Uh, where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means uh, least among the rulers of Judah. From you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7 says this, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained uh, from them what time the star had appeared. And, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Verse 9 says this. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they, saw, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Everyone rejoice exceedingly with great joy right now. Woo! All right, thank you. I just want to know you're awake. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. I'm going to simply talk to you today about going home another way. And there's some great principles in this story. There's some great, great principles in this story. Uh, the first thing, first thing, and if you're a note taker, you can write this down. This is what we know about the wise men, the magi, the kings, okay? If you want to call them We Three Kings, we know that song. We Three Kings of Oriental. Okay, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I, I lost some of you. I kept some of you right there. Okay, anyways. We know this, number one, they came in faith. They came in faith. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, um, we know this. Uh, the wise men really round off our nativity scenes really well, right? You know, if you buy a nativity scene, there's always a wise there's always wise men involved, and they're there, and they they're there with their frankincense, myrrh, and gold, and all that. But the truth of the matter, and and if you didn't know this, and m many of you probably do know this, is that this story actually probably happened close to most scholars believe two years after Jesus's birth. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, so, so these guys, they came from su such a great day. Years after the story of Jesus in the manger and the angel of the Lord and the shepherds in the field, we'll talk about that 
Years later, a couple years later, here comes these wise men coming in. And we know this. Wise men were from the east. And, uh, and most people believe, most scholars believe, and I was researching this, that they come from Babylonian areas known today as Iraq or Iran. Interesting, huh? Uh, interesting that they came from there, and most believe that they were astrologers or they were they were uh, advisors to the kings uh, in that, in those areas, and uh, so they would study the stars. And it's amazing to me that that God would use a star to speak to someone who studies the stars. Can I tell you this? God will use what He needs to get your attention. If it speaks to you, He'll put that in your way so it will catch your attention. Some of you are going through heartache because God's trying to get your attention because he knows it will speak to you. And so here's what's crazy is, what, what, so what is the link between these men traveling? Now listen, they traveled, you know, most scholars believe somewhere between 1,095 kilometers. And some of you are going, what is that? 700 miles. 700 miles. Now imagine traveling 700 miles. You know, uh, you know, most of most people believe that maybe they had camels. The, the scripture doesn't say one way or the other if they walked or if they had camels. I'm I'm assuming that if they worked for a king or they were they were uh, people in, in a high place and they they were wise men, they probably had some sort of transportation. It wasn't a Chevy, I can tell you that. But they traveled like some 700 miles, and, and this is interesting. I, I read this this week, and I've been seeing this little thing float around on Facebook, so I thought I'd check it out. Uh, according to uh, the website, space.com, sounds really legit to me, and many other media outlets, and, and I tried to look it up at NASA, but I really didn't, couldn't necessarily see that, but that, that doesn't mean it's not there. But it says that there will be a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in our night sky on December 21st this year. Interesting, huh? And some are calling it a Christmas star for the first time in 800 years. I don't know uh, if that's the same star or not, but it's definitely a unique phenomenon. I can't tell you that that's what they saw or what, they, what drew them to there. I don't know, but I do know this, that God used a star to catch their attention. The thing that they were used to studying, God used something in the sky that they would look up and go, well, that's odd. And it's interesting, maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, everyone look at your neighbor and say, just maybe, God is trying to catch the attention of his people again. Just maybe, I know, are you saying, TJ, are you saying that that star is what God, I'm not saying yay or nay, I'm just telling you, maybe, you need to maybe look into that and say, hey, God, what are you trying to speak to us? What are you trying to tell us in 2020? Because there's a lot of people telling us a lot of things from a lot of different directions. Lord, what are you saying? So being from Babylon, these men would have known. They would have known something that, that it doesn't really, for most of us, we're not going to get all excited about it. But they would have known something. They would have known a prophecy of a great prophet by the name of Daniel. Now, Daniel was respected in the Babylonian uh, uh, kingdom, and we, we know that because he was second in command, and he could interpret dreams. And Daniel, who was a captive Jew who served under the king of Babylon and prophesied, and he said that a Messiah would come. And if you read it in, 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 
It, and, and this is how good Daniel is. Some 487 years after Daniel prophesied uh, that, that Israel would be set free, that they, are, they would, that they would be set free, and they would go back to Jerusalem and begin to build the wall. 487 years. He had it down to the years the Messiah would be here. And so, interesting enough, these guys, these wise guys, everyone say these wise guys, most likely had heard the story of these prophecies, and they had been passed down some 487 years. And it tells us in Daniel chapter 7, and I read this, and I'm telling you what, this may not mean much to you, but man, this, this scripture right here just hit me like a ton of bricks. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given, listen to this, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. You know what that tells me? Every creed, every race, every language, every person in the world should serve Jesus Christ. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Now, this is where it got good for me right here. Woo! Which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. That is good news. That is good news. Listen, now it's easy to get discouraged right now, and we don't know our election is still going on, and I've never seen anything like what we're going through in our nation right now. Can I tell you that this nation is not going to last forever and ever, but can I tell you this? The kingdom of Jesus Christ will have dominion forever and ever and ever. Amen? And his kingdom once that shall not be destroyed. You know what that tells me? The devil can throw every trick he has at the kingdom of God, but it isn't going to phase what Jesus can do. Amen? Man, I don't know about you. That got me fired up when I read that. Have you ever been in the right place at the right time? Anybody? Just the right place at the right time? Let me tell you something. Let me give my testimony. One time, I went with my, my friend Nick. Many of you, they just moved here. And we went to this barbecue joint when we lived in Bakersfield. And we went just slightly before closing time. We walked in. We ordered our food. And we're standing there. And we're waiting on our food. And while we're waiting on our food, we pay for our food. We're getting ready to walk out. And... Sure enough, the manager goes, hey, you guys want some extra food? And I was like, what's the, what's the catch here? He said, we had this huge order that someone called in, paid for, and they haven't showed up to get it. And we're going to close the doors. And I was like, all right. Right place, right time. And they gave us like 15 things of fried okra. They gave us waffle fries. 
It was a carb dream come true. And they gave us smoked chicken and smoked brisket. And I shouted right on out of that restaurant. Have you ever been in the right place at the right time? Can I tell you something? These men who understood the prophecy that Daniel set forth were in the right place at the right time. They knew what Daniel had said. They knew the time frame. 487 years. I'm here. This is perfect. What a cool moment. It's funny how God orchestrates those things, right? Can I ask you, you know, and the, and, and the scripture tells us this, that, that the star, you know, uh, you, know, it, 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 you, know you, can, you can look into this how you want. The star was there. They, they saw the star. They studied the star. But can I ask you this? What's drawing you to Jesus today? What's drawing you to Jesus today? Can I tell you this? You're in the right place at the right time. But what's drawing you to Jesus? It's amazing to me because these guys, 700 miles away, are being drawn to Jesus to worship him. But six miles away in Jerusalem is the Pharisees and the Sadducees who know the same prophecy that Daniel said are missing it. Look at this, Micah chapter 5. Verse 2, it says this, and, and, and we alluded to this in, in what we read in Matthew. It says this, and, and, and listen, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they would have known this verse by heart. It says this, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, uh, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old from ancient days. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they would have known that prophecy, and they would have known Daniel's prophecy. But it's amazing to me that God uses these magi, these guys who aren't really in the know, and gives them the same prophecy, but they are the ones that adhere, and they look, and they start looking for that moment to happen. Can I tell you something? If God has given you a word and God has given you something to stand on, you need to stand on it. You need to st stick with it and say, God, I'm going to believe what you said. It may take 400 years, but I'm going to believe what you said. And here's the problem. Here's the problem with the, fa the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees is they had the knowledge and they knew the prophecies, but they missed the time, and they just missed it. They just missed it. Can I tell you, can I encourage you today, in the moments with God, you need to ask God constantly, God, don't let me miss this moment. I know what I know. I know what the scripture says. Listen, you can be full of the scripture and still miss God. And like some of you are like, whoa, that's a pretty bold statement. I think you should be full of the scripture. But listen, sometimes, sometimes we get so much head knowledge that we forget that God's pulling at our hearts. It's a place of humility. When God's pulling at your heart 
and you're so used to God just constantly hearing the word of the Lord. And listen, I listen. I believe that this is the infallible word of God, and I believe it's true, and I believe that it 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 proclaims that who I am, and I am God's, and I believe all of those things. But can I tell you something? Some of us need to remember that God is still pulling our hearts. And we have to be open to God ministering to us. Wise men and wise women, can I tell you something? They still seek Jesus with all their heart. Still to this day. Can we do this this Christmas? Can we make it our top priority to seek Jesus like we never have before? I'm not saying that just to say it. I'm saying it. Let's do it. Why not? What have you got to lose? Most of us are going to be at our houses for the next three weeks anyways. You might as well seek Jesus while you're there. Amen? You're going to have some time on your hands. Instead of Turn off the TV. Seek the Lord. You'll be amazed at the peace of God that will follow your life. You'll be really amazed. But here's what we know about the three wise men, in faith, they traveled. They knew the prophecy. But they followed the leading of what God had, had given them. They followed what they knew. And they stepped out on faith. I don't know about you. I don't think I would get, I just traveled across the nation to move here. I don't think I would want to travel 700 miles via camel, via horse, via whatever, via foot. But something pulled them to take a step of faith to give up time, I don't know if they had families, the scripture doesn't tell us, to give up time with their friends and their family to say, you know what, I'm going to go seek this thing out that Daniel prophesied about. I want to know about this Messiah that Daniel talked about in, in chapter 7 of his book. It's amazing to me. So they came in faith. Everyone said they came in faith. Here's the second thing that they did. They came in faith from a great distance. Number two, they came to worship. Simple. It's really simple here. Matthew chapter 2 verse 2 says this, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Plain and simple. They stepped out in faith and then they moved to worship him. It's easy to say, hey, Lord, I've come to worship you. But can I tell you this? Uh, sometimes we, do, we don't recognize the sacrifice that these men took to come to that such a great distance, really. I just talked about that. Um, you know, months, maybe years of travel. Some of us can't even handle five hours. Months of traveling. Not sure 100% what's going to happen. Just saying, I, I'm just walking by faith here. Follow the star. Pretty amazing to me. It's pretty, pretty profound. You know, here's what I know, and, 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 and you've heard this, but I think it just bears repeating over and over and over. <clears throat> I don't feel like always putting on the garment of praise. Sacrifice, you know, worship, we call it a sacrifice of praise. You know why it's a sacrifice? Because it cost us something. Sacrifice of praise means that I'm going to humble myself before you, God, and people might think I'm funny, but I'm going to lift my hands to you because I love you anyways. Or 
sacrifice of praise can be. Whew, man, I really just don't feel like going to church today. I think I'm showing some symptoms from COVID, so I think I'm just going to lay low. No, if you're sick, stay home, okay? <laughs> I don't want to encourage that. But I'm just saying, sometimes the sacrifice is, man, sometimes you just don't want to get up. Sometimes you're like, oh, Sunday's my only day off. A sacrifice is getting in your car, coming here. A sacrifice is getting up, fighting with your kids, trying to get out the door and say, we're going to go worship Jesus right now. Anybody been there? Amen. <laughs> I'm speaking to somebody, myself right now. All right. But I don't always feel like putting on the garment of praise. But let me tell you something. When I do put on the garment of praise, I never regret it. Whew. Every time I come into his presence and I don't feel like it, and I'm like, God, I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I love you, God. I never regret it. I never regret it. Physically, these men traveled 700 miles by, by camel or, or by foot, whatever, just to see Jesus, just to take the chance of maybe seeing him, not even 100% sure. The act of worship can some, sometimes be a huge sacrifice to us. Number one, it could be a sacrifice of our pride. Here's one. How about a sacrifice of our time? Well, I, I really want to watch my show on Netflix. Well, I'm oh, okay. All right, we'll leave that one alone. How about this? Here's another way to worship. Everyone buckle up for me. Everyone buckle up for me. How about this? A sacrifice of money. When you give, you're worshiping the Lord. I don't know what to say here. A sacrifice of money is your sacrifice blessing the Lord. And can I tell you this? God doesn't need your money. His program will go on without your money, just so you know. But if you want to live in a blessed world, because we live in a cursed system, everything that you earn and everything that, that you get is cursed. When you give 10% back to God, he blesses the 90 and he multiplies it. That's a good word. And if you want to live in a blessed system and you want God to chase you down with blessings and you want God to throw things at you and be like, I never knew that could happen. God's like, oh, you just watch and see how faithful I am. When you do that, when you, when you tithe and when you, when you worship in your giving, it's a sacrifice sometimes. Sometimes it feels like a major sacrifice. Amen. How about this, a sacrifice of our resources. Some of us have great resources at our hands. What does that mean? Some of you could use your car to go around and hand out meals. Some of you could pick up your phone and give an encouraging word to somebody. How about this, a sacrifice of ourself. It's one of the hardest things in the world. I don't know about you, I got a lot of pride for me. I don't know if you deal with that. I deal with that in my life. And, and, you know, ultimately, sometimes that sacrifice of dropping my pride and dropping myself and putting my, my, what, what I want to the side and saying, God, it's not what I want. It's what 
you want is sometimes the hardest thing that I have to do. Look at this. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, it says this. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I like that. And going into the house, notice they went into a house, not the manger. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, number one, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So scripture tells us there, when they saw the, the star resting above the home where Jesus was, they rejoiced. And jo- rejoice simply means this. Can I tell you something? Rejoice means joy and joy again. Joy and joy again. Everyone, everyone follow me. Joy and joy again. That's what the word rejoice means over and over and over. You know, and, and Paul would say rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Joy again, again, again. It's pretty amazing to me, right? And they rejoice. And can I tell you this, that Jesus will give you joy over and over and over and over and over and over. Scripture tells us that his mercies are renewed each and every day over and over. And every day that you give up, God will give you new joy. God will give you new peace. He'll give you new direction. Amen? And I say this, Lord, will you give us your joy? Will you give us your joy again and again? And we say this, Lord, we rejoice. Amen? Now check this out. So they had joy, and joy followed by this, a moment of respectful, uh, a moment of respectful worship that led them to fall down at a very young toddler age, Jesus. It's pretty impressive to me, right? I know some of you have grandkids that are toddlers, and some of you will drop down to their level in a second and love on them and get down in their level and play cars with them or brush your Barbie's hair, right? Some of you guys are better at brushing those Barbie's hair than you want to admit. But it means this, you fall down or to bow or maybe lay. But the Greek word, I talked about this, the Greek word proskuneo last week that I talked about, that word means to lay before the Lord. Now the Hebrew word for worship is shaka. I talked about that word. It means to lay before the Lord. Proskuneo goes a little bit further. It doesn't just mean to lay, but it also means to kiss, as if, as if to kiss on the cheek. You guys remember me talking about that? And, and they worship Jesus, knowing that at two years old, they probably weren't going to get a gift back. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. So they went before Jesus, a two-year-old Jesus, and began to worship him and did it probably with the expectation of not receiving nothing back from this young lad. When's the last time that you went into the presence of God and you went and you worshiped the Lord with zero expectation of what you want to get back from the Lord? I know that's tough, and I know that's a hard word to chew on, but sometimes we make it about his hands and not about his face. 
God, what can you do for me? God, can you do this? And God wants to bless you. He calls you his own. He wants to bless you. He wants to chase you down with blessing. But can I tell you this? We can't get distracted by just what he does for us. We've got to move into who he is and know who he is. And something that I've learned from these, these, these guys, these magi, these wise men, is simply this. They came with zero expectation from Jesus. You know, there's a difference between I love you and I love you because. All my married people should say, yes, there is. Because when I look into my wife's eye and I say, I love you, I'm just saying, I love you, no strings attached. Straight up, just, I love you. But when I say, I love you because, I'm prefacing that I love you because you do this. And I want to encourage you in this season and, I, and you can thank the Lord. I, I think it's good to thank him for what he does with his hands. And I think that that's important. And I, it, listen, that is scriptural. But also love him not just for what he does, but for who he is. Can you stretch your hands towards heaven right now and just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Scripture tells us that the wise men, they brought three gifts, three gifts. Number one, they brought gold. How many would like gold for Christmas? It holds its value. <laughs> gold. And, and then they brought frankincense. And then they brought myrrh, and the significance of these gifts, listen to, the, listen to me. If you don't get anything out of this, I'm going to ask the worship team to come, go ahead and come on up. If you don't get anything else out of this, listen to this. They brought gold, they brought frankincense, and they brought myrrh. And the, the significance of these things are so important. Number one, gold. Gold, you remember I talked about it last week, the, the Queen of Sheba, she brought gold. She brought talents of gold to give to Solomon when she went before him. She gave him gold. And one thing we got to understand about gold is this. Gold given to, is, is given to a king to show sovereignty, to show power. Number two, frankincense. Why did they give him frankincense? Has anyone ever smelled frankincense? Amazon. Look it up. Frankincense is, it means, it means this, that he was prophetic, it was prophetic of his deity. And I'm going to explain this in just a minute to you, okay? Listen, number three, myrrh. It, and, 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 the, and the significance of myrrh is this, the priest and the anointing oil used in burial, okay? Now follow with me. Jesus is three things to you and me, okay? If you're a note taker, you can write these down. Jesus is three things to you and me, okay? Get this. Get this right here. Number one. He's a king. He's a king. He's a king. Revelation 19, 16 says this. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's, that's Jesus. Same Jesus that, 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 
that the uh, wise man saw. That's Jesus on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is your king. He is sovereign. Thank you, God, for your kingship over us. Thank you, Jesus, for your kingship over us. Look at this. Number two. Number one, he's a king. Number two, he is a prophet. Luke chapter 7, verse 16 says, Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, talking about Jesus, and God has visited his people. So the people thought he was a prophet. Now look at this. Mark chapter 6, verse 4 says this. A prophet is not welcome in his hometown. You know who said that? Jesus. He is your prophet. Frankincense showed us that he was God. Do you know that God is, Jesus is prophesying over you. He loves you. Not only is he sovereign as your king, but he knows your name. He's a great God. Listen to this, number three. And I love this one right here. Ooh, I like this one. Everyone say, all right, I like this one. I don't know why I said that, but that's okay. Number three, he's a king. Number one, he's a king. Number two, he's, he's a prophet. Number three, he's a priest. Now, I don't know. You might be a theologian, and maybe you can look it up, but I, there's only one other place in Scripture that I could find where someone fit this description. But it was only for a short period of time in the Old Testament, and it was a king, as the king saw. But it, just for just a moment, he, he fit those roles all together, but then he, it would later come back and bite him. You know, remember how Saul died because he thought he was a priest, and then he did something he shouldn't have done, and then he was killed in battle, all that. So you can look that story up, okay? But in history, only one man could fully become king, could become prophet, and become priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, 16 says, Since then we have a great high priest. Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we, do not have a high, uh, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Whew. Verse 16 says, let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help him in time of need. He is our priest. I talked about it last week or the week before. He is interceding on your behalf right now in heaven. Sitting next to his father, he said, Lord, I know Jeff's a character, but he's mine. Lord, I know TJ's crazy, but he's mine. He's interceding. Can I tell you this? Gold, frankincense, myrrh, 
Myrrh represents his priesthood and his intercession for you and me. And can I tell you something? When he died, now many, many people believe this. They used myrrh was a burial resin or perfume that they used to preserve bodies. And many believe that myrrh was used on Jesus' body. Can I tell you something? He is the high priest. He died. He's the propitiation for your sin. What is that? He got it all covered. He paid your debt. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. He's our king. He's our prophet. He's our priest. Look at this. Look at this. And I believe prophet. Prophetically, these wise men were, were being prophetic in what they brought. God doesn't do anything by accident. He does it on purpose. They were saying this, Jesus, you're a king, you're a prophet, and you're a priest. God, may we know you as our king, our prophet, and our priest. And here's the last point, last point right here. Scripture tells us this. In verse 12, it says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Here's the third point. They went home another way. Can I tell you this? When you spend time with Jesus, you won't go home the same way. You will not go home the same way. I know I know this is talking about they went a different route. They didn't go back to Herod and report back to Herod like they were supposed to or whatever. I understand what you're saying there. But can I tell you this? There is something about when you're in the presence of God, when you're in the kabod. The kabod literally means the weightiness of God. When you're in his presence, you can't help but be changed. Now, I don't know the history of what happened to these wise men. I don't know where they went. Scripture doesn't say that it says they went home another way. It's one of those questions we'll have to ask the Lord when we get to heaven, I guess, right? 2 Corinthians says this in, in chapter 5, verse 17. says, therefore, this is what I know about Jesus. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And one thing I know about Jesus, when you spend any time with him, when you come to know him, when you have a relationship with him, you do not leave the same. Jesus will change the way you talk, he'll change the way you walk, and he'll change the way you live. Listen, when I was 15 years old, and you might have heard this story, but that's okay, I only got so many. When I was 15 years old, let me tell you something. I, I could walk the walk. I could talk the talk. Raised in a pastor's home. I knew exactly what to do, when to do, how to do it. And I fooled a lot of people. Just being honest. Probably even fooled my parents at moments. Sad to say. But I tell you who I wasn't fooling. And deep down in the pit of my heart, I would live one way on Sunday, and then I would go to school on Monday through Friday, and I would live secondary TJ. And I'd have statements made to me like, hey, I thought you were a pastor's kid. Yeah. And at the age of 15, I remember... 
going to a conference with our church. Probably dragged along by my parents, most likely. And going to this conference, I remember being seated up in the balcony. And tenderly, this man was speaking, and he gave an altar call. And I remember looking and just feeling the unction of the Holy Spirit. I remember sitting in the balcony, just sitting there, just my heart was, was, and I knew God was calling me. I knew God was speaking to me. And I remember thinking, I made every excuse I could in the house. I was like, God, God we're here with church people. They're going to want to leave. I don't need to go to the altar. I, I made every excuse in my mind. My family's here. My sister's here. What will they think of me? What will my friends think of me if I, if I go down there? I made every excuse in the whole world. And I will never forget, just like this, this man was up on, the, on this, this, this platform, and there's probably like 5,000 people in this facility. And he looks straight up at the balcony where I was sitting, and he points, and he says, the devil's telling you to make excuses and stay up there, and I'll never forget I was sitting there. Next thing I know, I was standing up, and I was walking, and I was crying. And I was like, get out of my way. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. And I came down, and I got my heart right with God. Was that an easy, st was that an easy step? No. Has it changed me forever? 100%. It changed the course of my trajectory. You know what? I was going this way. I was lost and I was blind and I couldn't see. But guess what? Now I have grace and I know who God is. And I know that I can trust him and I can lean on him. I know he's my king. I know he's my prophet. I know he's my priest. And I know he's interceding on my behalf. Can I tell you this? The wise men, they came in faith. Pretty amazing. They came in faith. Not knowing everything. They knew, they knew things. They understood the prophecy. They followed what they saw. They, they had the timing right. Pharisees and Sadducees didn't get it. Check this out. They worshiped him. They went before him, brought gifts. Didn't, didn't come with any expectation of anything back. And then when they left that place, they went home another way. Bow your heads with me all across this building. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your mercy and grace. God, I'm so grateful for your word. I'm so grateful that you love me. God, I'm so honored, Lord, to have the opportunity to stand and to worship you and to give you praise, God, when I want, how I, Lord, and in and, and, and these moments. And God, forgive me for taking these moments for granted. And God, let me take them with the seriousness that, that you've called me to. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we honor you today. If you're here and you're under the sound of my voice and you heard me talk about this grace, how my life was a wreck and how I asked Jesus into my heart and how he called me, he wooed me with his spirit and how it's changed me forever and it's made me who I am today, I want to invite you to know this Jesus. This Jesus who came humbly, dwelt as a man among, among us, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, rose from the grave, is now making intercession for you and for me. He wants a relationship with you. I don't know. Someone needs to hear that today. God wants a relationship with you. 
He wants a relationship with you. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, say, TJ, will you pray with me? No, no one looking around. Just quickly raise your hand. I'm, I want to pray with you. Anybody in the building today? Awesome. All right. Maybe you're here and you say, hey, TJ, I, I want to just give the rest of 2020 100% to the Lord. I want to give him 100%. I want to give him my worship. I want to love him with no strings attached. I want to be reminded that he's my king. I want to be reminded that he's my prophet and that he is my priest. And I want to go home differently than when I came. If that's you in your heart, can you lift your hand? Anybody in the building today? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what I want to do. I want you guys to stand with me all across this building. They're going to sing this song. When they sing this song, I want you to just give adoration to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. He's worthy to be praised today. Say, I, I want God to do something great in my life. Well, then reach up and, and, and ask him for it. Just be like, be like a child. Lord, here I am. Pick me up today. Come on. Come on, sing it with us. Come on, sing it again. I love you, Jesus. Yes, we will, Lord. worthy. Come on, sing it out. For he sing it out.
I want you to stretch your hands this way. Stretch your hand this way. I want to bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray a blessing on you today, church. Come on and give Jesus, the head of the church, a hand clap of praise. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. I want to apologize in advance. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be really careful, and I'm bad about social distancing, so I, I'm, I'm not going to be at the back. I, I love every one of you, and I'm just trying to be wise right now, and I don't do very good at it, uh, but I, I want to tell you I love you, and if you don't see me back there, it's not because I don't love you. It's just because I'm just trying to, I'm, I got to make myself social distance. I'm not good at it, so can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise as, as Brother Greg comes up? Give Pastor TJ a round of applause. We are just so blessed. Church, we are just so blessed to serve under a Pastor TJ that just follows the anointing of Christ. And we just appreciate you and your family and, and all the sacrifices you give for us each and every day. Thank you. We just got a few announcements today. If you are a guest with us, we are so honored that you came out to worship with us today. In front of you is a Connect card. If you could fill that out and turn it in back at our welcome desk, we've got a gift just for you. And, and we just want to get to know you just a little bit better and just help help disciple you through your walk with Christ. Um, ties today, we've got four different ways to ties. Uh, can we put them up on the screen if we still have them? We've got... Uh, you can text your ties. You can give online. We've got buckets as you enter, as you exit the sanctuary. You can give your ties that way. And uh, just be real careful when you fill out. If you do it online, not to let it auto fill. Um, a real good friend of mine did that and had a real interesting uh, for the amount it put in his zip code. So, just a word of advice. Just be careful with it. Uh, a couple announcements. If you don't know, a few weeks ago we got the opportunity to give away boxes of meals. And we've been really blessed to get that opportunity again. And on December 18th, we're going to be doing that again. And we need a lot of volunteers. Uh, if you're interested and you can make it out, it's on December 18th, this coming Friday, right? This coming Friday at 1030 in the morning. We need volunteers if you're not working and you can make it out. But more importantly, we need you to spread the word, right? Get out, let your friends know, put it on social media, what Cornerstone's doing. And let's get that out there and get as many people that need that 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 can be a blessing too. Let's get them in. And uh, just uh, if you can make it, please uh, get in touch with Tristan and let her know that you can be here. And then lastly, our Christmas Eve service is going to be Thursday, December 24th, Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. If you've never been here for it, uh, it's a wonderful time to just come out and just give.